Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I am joined by the co-host of co-hosts, Chris, joining me once again for another great episode. And today, we're going to follow up a little bit on NASCAR's uh, offseason a little bit. We're going to talk about a plethora of issues, including uh, the most recent announcement of Mr. Kevin Harvick retirement. We're going to have a, a little bit of a comment spree of uh, follow-up on the Craftsman Truck Series silly season of where these drivers are going to end up talking about the upcoming Daytona 500, the polarization of how awesome wokeism in NASCAR is. <coughs> Excuse me, Chris, what a great opportunity it is to talk about NASCAR once again, but yeah. uh, it, it's always a good time. But uh, another great topic we're going to get into later on is the most recent chili bowl that occurred this past weekend. And I'm going to have, we're going to discuss that at length because it's really becoming a long, drawn out, worse than going to a race for your, in, your, in real life type scenario. And I'm going to let you have that one later on. But uh, truth be known here, we're going to talk about, uh, first things first, we're going to kind of follow up on one of our episodes that we had uh, earlier in the, in the 2022 cycle. And that is... Uh, little bit of follow-up here on some of the things that we talked about, and that was the Haley Deegan, John Hunter Nemechek, Craftsman Truck Series silly season, because that's what our biggest concern was once once Kyle Busch announced that KBM was going towards a, uh, a Chevy situation. And uh, we got kind of the answer we were looking for. So first things first, we, we want to follow up on that. We, we obviously... We were waiting to see where the ball was going to drop with John Hunter Nemechek, and we saw that he was going to go more recently than not. He That, that news story came out around the first week of December, and uh, he's going to drive for the number 20 Joe Gibbs Racing Series. Uh, sorry, Joe Gibbs Racing uh, in the Xfinity Series. And uh, Ben Benshore, who uh, served as Kyle Busch's crew chief and Cup, will be Nemechek's crew chief in the Xfinity Series. Uh, great ride for him, opportunity for him to go, um, kind of move back back into the ranks of getting back into the, the Cup Series. Be interested to see if he goes back to driving for the Craftsman Truck Series in maybe a short-term, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but uh, maybe short-term, maybe 6 to 12 races, something like that. But, Chris, obviously that, that and obviously the big news story for the Craftsman Truck Series was Haley Deegan moving to Thor Sport, which... Obviously, everyone was kind of wondering where that was going to play out, but uh, that was a no-brainer. Hopefully, she can have some better success, see how that plays out. But I want to hear your thoughts on that, see what you have any thoughts on some of that silly season there, Craftsman Truck Series. Before we move on to the the big, I guess, the main event of the evening, which would be the announcement that this happened this past week with Mr. Kevin Harvick. Yeah, so I think one of the things you got to look at from a, from a Craftsman Truck Series standpoint Going into 2023, 
um, is, is the fact that obviously we have our we have the uh, series champion Zane Smith returning for another full season. Uh, personally, I felt like he was more than ready to move up full time into the Xfinity series, but uh, Ford has opted to keep him in the uh, in, in the Truck Series for another season to defend his title. And then he's also going to make select Cup Series starts, including uh, including the Daytona 500 for for Motorsports, the, the team he drives for in the, uh, in the Truck Series. You know, in terms of Haley Deegan, I think you know this is basically her this is her third year, um, and from reading a lot of the sources here and um, this this is this is it all, all the all the chips are in for her this year all the all the cards are on the table I think this is the epitome of a work make or break year for her um, you know she's not she's not proven to have uh, you know she's proven she can she can she's got speed but in terms of racecraft uh, and I think the challenge obviously for her is you know the lack of, of, of practice time but um, yeah, this is a make or break season for her. I mean, they're giving her, you know, Ford is obviously with, with the move from, uh, from, from DGR over to Thor Sport going back to Ford, which they were several years, several years ago. Um, she has the entire, uh, team that Ben Rhodes had that he won the championship with just two years ago and almost could have won another championship here this past season. So, um, all, all the pieces that, that could be there for her are there the question is does she have the first of all does she have the you know you could you could have all the pieces but ultimately the person who's holding the steering wheel and pushing the pedal down has got to want it so i think it's going to be interesting to see if she wants it you know and obviously the you know the, the Thorsport organization they're not even based here in or based here in north carolina they're they're based up in ohio so you have a, you obviously have in terms of a location you know majority of the drivers are all based here but she's here in North Carolina and the teams in Ohio. So, you know, obviously there's, there's a, uh, there's a distance gap between her and her team. So how much time is she able to spend with her team, you know, and building that relationship and that rapport is, is going to be, it's going to be key to really her success. So lot to, uh, lot to play out, uh, in, in, in 2020. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on there. I think, well, she, there, there was a video, obviously the reason why I bring her up is obviously she, she brings a lot of eyes to the sport. But the main thing that I, I kind of was drawn to was the fact that Thor Sport, obviously, like you said, was based in Ohio. And maybe she enjoys that a little bit more because, you know, she doesn't have to stay in North Carolina as much. She can just, you know, it's a very quick flight to, to Ohio. And and obviously Thor Sport has enjoyed a lot of success as a team being away from the North Carolina area. But uh, I think you're right. All the chips are moved in on her to, to, to hopefully do well. Also, uh, not to bring in the silly season some more, but we all saw uh, Arca have some great Arca Menard series have some celebrity drivers getting brought into that. I want to kind of get your thoughts on is is NASCAR just trying to get all eyes on deck and see who the who the heck can show up and race, or are these people going to try to be taken legitimately serious here? Well, I mean, Frankie Muniz, if we're, if we're referring to him, running the yeah. full ARCA Menard Series season 2023. And Frankie Muniz has always been a car guy. Um, you know, and then the opportunity obviously became available for him to run a, a full season, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in the ARCA Menard Series. So, you know, yeah, I think for sure NASCAR is obviously looking and he's going to bring eyeballs onto the sport just because of obviously his star power and, you know, people, him being a household name, you know. Uh, 
Well, I mean, I understand that completely. Um, the one thing I, 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 I <laughs> you're good. Uh, I was going to talk about this in, in general is the, it, it and I was going to segue into this, but obviously we, we heard this past week of the retirement of, uh, Mr. Kevin Harvick, who, you know, he's been in the series a long time. I, I think there's no question about it in, in Sadasco. Obviously we're going to go with talking the cup series here, but the opportunity to, talk about Kevin Harvick's career. The man's had a long career. He, he's probably one of the few, I, I would call him the the most consistent guy on the track for the longest time. The guy has been there. But for him to announce retirement, I don't think it's a sponsorship issue like was potentially up with Eric Amarola. Uh, it was, I think it's time for the guy who says, I want to spend more time with my family. And he also made an announcement with Dale Jr. and a couple other guys to uh, kind of get involved with the Cars Tour, which obviously kind of shows the direction he's heading into. And uh, I'm just curious to see what your thoughts are on his career. Obviously, he's been around a long time, Chris. I think we watched him since a long time, since, what, 2001. The, the, his first race was, I believe, the the Atlanta race uh, after after Dale, after Dale Sr. passed away, right? I think that's the, that was the first race that he drove, right? Yeah, it was Rockingham, two thousand and one. Week oh, after uh, yeah. Dale Senior was killed at uh, was killed at, at in the Daytona five hundred. And uh, yeah, and Kevin Harvick, obviously, you know, twenty plus year career in the in the Cup Series, one championship in, in twenty fourteen, several Final Four appearances. Um, you know, multiple seasons of, of, of you know, uh, I say in particular was two thousand twenty season, which I believe he had eight or nine wins that year. It was probably his terms of the most successful seasons he's had uh, and goes along with two Xfinity Series championships in, in 2001 and 2006. So definitely he's one of those guys, surefire Hall of Famer, but, um, you know, uh, not only a tremendous driver, but also a very, very savvy businessman. Um, you know, owned a successful uh, Truck Series organization, KHI, Truck Series and, and Xfinity Series program. Uh, Kevin Harvick Incorporated, um, and then has transitioned that over to uh, athlete and um, uh, driver development. So he's got drivers like Ryan Priest, uh, uh, Harrison Burton, uh, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. under his under his wing, but also uh, Misha Tate, one of the uh, top female US, UFC fighters. So um, yeah, Harvick Harvick's name will will continue uh, out there, whether whether he's driving or not. Um, Obviously, as you mentioned, his involvement with Dale Jr., Justin Marks, and Jeff Burton with the uh, with the car store. So certainly, uh, certainly, be weird not to see uh, Kevin Harvick running full time in the Cup Series after this season. But for sure, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's he still will be around racing. I think we we could probably talk about this more, but uh, and maybe later on down the road, maybe next year. But you know, who takes that ride? Honestly, we have an opportunity we saw in the off season where Stuart Haas kind of kept consolidating towards the Xfinity series, moved their drivers around uh, and, and kind of kept it in that scenario. But the one thing that I kind of didn't really understand, and it really starts to see the heavy influence of Tony Stewart uh, on obviously Kevin Harvick is the direction he wants to go with being partial owner with a cars tour. Um, obviously his son is driving as well. Um, 
And there's a lot of obviously, obviously off-track stuff that he's heavily involved in as well away from the racetrack. But there, there is a lot of things that kind of go make me go, he's still going to be around, but I don't see him being a commentator. Do you? Uh, I do. I do. I think, you know, from a, from a, and this is strictly just speculation, but I think from a Fox standpoint, I think they're looking for a, for a full-time person to join Mike Joy and, and Clint Boyer in the booth. So I, I could very much see uh, he's, he's been the, the lead announcer um, when they've done the, uh, the driver only broadcast for, with Fox and the Xfinity series last about really what, four or five years. So um no, I, I definitely see Harvick as potentially being a guy to uh, to head into the booth. Um, but really, the you know, as I say, the world's kind of his oyster and what he wants to do from a from a standpoint. But I think his involvement in the Cars Tour is great. Um, you know, I think with that minute, with that ownership group, I, I think that there's going to be hopefully a long term success plan for the for the Cars Tour um, and really for you know, grassroots, short track racing, which, you know, definitely needs an influx of cash, but also needs folks who are passionate about it and hopefully can, can grow it um, to where it's, you know, strong in the future. Yeah, man. And I, honestly, I wish him all the best. Honestly, he's a great driver. Uh, of course, he raced against my favorite driver, Jeff Gordon, who used to be in the booth in Fox, and, and obviously he's taken a higher executive position uh, at Hendrick Motorsports, a.k.a. The hair apparent, the air apparent at Hendrick Motorsports, and and it's always it's really interesting to see how these guys kind of not say they're completely away from the racetrack, but they're there and they're not always have to be uh, so hands on to the day to day. But it's really interesting. Um, I hate to bounce around topics, but the one thing I kind of saw in this last couple weeks and it last maybe last week was, and as a traditional race fan that I am, Mr. Kyle Larson announced that he's running the the Indianapolis Five Hundred. And then uh, Kyle Busch was up there as well, potentially running the Indianapolis 500, maybe down the road. But as a purist, Chris, do you, do you see this? Is it it's about dang time for this young man to run the Indy 500, or is it kind of one of those things of what in the what the heck are you trying to get yourself into? Because he, I mean, the, the Chili Bowl happened, you know, this past week, and we didn't have a finale with with the two greatest dirt track guys in the sport driving. So. Um, just kind of get your thoughts on Kyle Larson around the Indy 500. I mean, I think this is this is long overdue. Um, you know, I, the the, uh, the late Robin Miller, um, you know, who passed away in the end of 2021, was a long time reporter for uh, Speed Channel and, and Indy Star. But he said one of his last dying wishes was to see Kyle Larson race at the Indianapolis 500. And you know, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but uh, his his wishes is happening now with uh, with Kyle uh, joining forces with Aero uh, McLaren and Hendrick Motorsports in in 2024 for a run at the at the double with the Indy 5, Indianapolis 500 and the Coca Cola 600 on the same day. I think that in terms of uh, American Motorsports, when you look at when you look at Kyle Larson, uh, you know he is uh, what you would call a throwback. You know when you look at some of the great drivers of like the AJ Foyce, the Mario Andretti's, the Tony Stewart's, guys who could, you know, could jump into a wing, a wing sprint car and win races, could jump into a dirt late model and win races, can jump into a, a sports car and win races, um, and then jump into a stock car. I mean, just his range and ability just to drive the wheels off something is incredible. And there's, and with the, um, 
you know, with the full support of, of McLaren and Hendrick, I, I, I'm not saying that Kyle's going to, you know, not saying Kyle's going to be a, a surefire favorite, but there's, you know, with his talent and ability, there's no way that you can't at least say that if he doesn't have a competitive car, you can't at least give him a shot to, uh, to win the, win the Indianapolis 500 next year. Yeah. And that, that's where I was kind of excited to see him finally do it for a guy that's been to the Indy 500. Cause he brings a whole different set of eyes to the sport uh, of the, you know, obviously Indy car series and, and, you know, the AJ Foyt, Tony Stewart, the the opportunity for a guy like him to kind of do his thing. Obviously, doing double du- double duty, that's going to suck. Um, but I think for a guy that can – that's a quick – I would say not a quick flight, but from Indianapolis to, to Charlotte's probably a l- little over an hour maybe, and uh, he can definitely make it for sure. But uh, Well, I think – and real quick, I think it's gotten easier for, for a guy like Larson to do it because now – you know, we figure when when you know Johnny Andre was the first driver to do the double back in the mid nineties, you know, Tony Stewart, Robbie Gordon, uh, Kurt Busch did it. He was the most recent to do it in two thousand and fourteen. Um, it, it's gotten easier. The schedule is obviously more condensed, both from the IndyCar side and the NASCAR side. So I think that in terms of him being able to travel to and from Indianapolis back to Charlotte, I think will not be uh, not be as big of an issue as maybe it was for those guys who first did it. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, it's still going to be fun to watch. I mean, it's just definitely going to be the Indianapolis 500, and obviously with the Grand Prix of Monaco being the opener uh, at, at bright, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed morning there. Uh, it is always a great Memorial Day weekend tradition of, of always. Uh, and, and last but not least, I really don't want to spend too much time on Jimmy Johnson, so I'm not going to because the guy shouldn't even be racing anymore. But – you know, to hear him buy ownership from Petty G, it really, I mean, honestly, the guy has done everything in the sport. It's like Tom Brady playing football. I mean, I just, it, it at some point, I, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan, but the guy doesn't have to play anymore. Why does he have to? But at the same time, Jimmy Johnson announcing his ownership stake in, in Petty GMS and then changing the, the NASCAR team, to me, they're just kind of a, a big old double-barrel middle finger to Hendrick Motorsports. And, and it's like, really, dude, I understand – you know, you want to be involved in the sport and, and, and race and stuff, but what what the heck are you doing? Um, I'm going to leave it at that because I don't, I really don't want to give it time uh, to be fair. It's because it's, it's really, it's a disgrace to the sport. The guy should have stayed retired. He had a flawed embargo into an in, endeavor into IndyCar. Didn't go well. He has money. Yeah, he has Carvana, which is his own sponsorship that he brings over, but, it's really a, it's and he has to race he has to race in his own Daytona 500. And speaking you know, and we're talking about Daytona 500 lineup here in a minute, but it it blows me away for a guy that's a seven time Cup champion to have to have a take a can't take a a, a championship provisional, but he has to. Well, they, don't, he has they, to don't have, they don't have a championship provisional anymore. Oh, is that what exactly when, when that rule change happened? Uh, since they went to the charter system and started doing the. Um, Start ah, okay. the the charters, and then yet before that, he had the top thirty-five. So yeah, that the the right. the, uh, the 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 Darrell Walsh provisional has been gone for oh come on man. for a little while. Boogie boogie I mean, boogie lived, can't do that. Huh? Yeah, but he <laughs> lived off the last four years of his career. Yeah, which hey, it is what it is, man. Um, and speaking of Daytona five hundred, and, and I hate to bounce around topics today, but it seems like we have a multitude of topics to cover. Uh. We have a lineup of the Daytona 500 that includes the one and only, which I literally make this joke at nauseum all the time, 
Travis Pastrana is starting for 2311 Racing, or trying to get the provisional ride for 2311, their third entry into the Daytona 500. And here's the best part about that that makes me feel so ha-ha funny is that the car is going to be sponsored by Black Rifle Coffee. Now, anyone that knows anything about us as a podcast not only enjoy some great conservatism, but we also enjoy some Black Rifle Coffee from time to time. Not all the time. i got to diversify my coffee. But we all know the type of coffee. Sounds like we need a sponsorship. Yeah, it sounds like we need some good time here. Uh, But I will say... It is hilarious that a company that is 2311 that has woke sponsors on Bubba Wallace's car has a Black Rifle Coffee sponsorship on a one-off deal with Travis Pastrana. Also, just give you a heads up, too, as well. Uh, you got a couple other guys moving around that are getting started. So you got, you got, it looks like, I think, uh, I could be wrong here, Chris, but I think, uh, was it Landon Castle starting for another one-off team? You got a bunch of guys wow. kind of trying to get their in there. Yeah, it looks like well, it looks like Landon Castle's deal is uh, not. It looks like as of, as of us taping that he will not be running full season for college racing this year. It's like his sponsor, which was a crypto company, obviously is many people know in that crypto space has uh, has been falling apart as it seems. So it looks like Landon uh, is not going to be running the full schedule in the number ten car this year. And that's really, I mean, I I kind of, well, crypto, the topic of crypto will be a topic of a podcast later on down the road because I have a huge, this like, this Chris is going to have a nice little talk about the Chili Bowl here in a little bit. I have my thoughts and prayers and my thoughts and my P's and keys about some crypto. But um, as a avid investor in many companies around the world, but uh the sea land did not get the deal reminds me a lot of a Mr. DC solar. And, uh, it just, it's sad to see a guy not, you know, get an opportunity because some crappy business, but, uh, it's have Travis. I want to hear your thoughts, man, on Travis Pastrana. Obviously I make the joke about getting more airtime than Travis Pastrana at the X games all the time. It's probably one of my classic jokes. I say when you get a lot of air on something, but it's, uh, to see him get sponsored by black rifle, go to 2311, which, uh, you know, 2311 is obviously, obviously expanding their horizons and seeing, you know, with obviously their notoriety and in, in trying to bring a third ride into the Daytona 500. Obviously, Denny Hamlin, owner of the company, thought it was a good idea. Michael Jordan. So I want to see your thoughts on it, man. I don't think I don't know if he's going to do well. I think he'll probably do OK in the Gatorades, not the Gatorades, the duels. I'm sorry. But and see where they Take go from yourself, there. Man. Yeah, I'm definitely. Uh, game yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's. I mean, obviously, to get to get a name like him, who's who's got absolutely, you know, we talked about earlier, household. Uh, Frank Mines talked about household, uh, household name. We got him back, and of course, Travis you know, did compete NASCAR uh, back in the uh, early 2010s. Ran, ran a couple of full seasons, ran a full season in the Xfinity Series in, in 2014, I believe, for Roush. Um, but I think, yeah, obviously, getting Travis is is great. I, right now, looking at it. Uh, according to my calculations, if you have the 36 chartered teams, which obviously all will compete at Daytona, right now we have four. We have at least four open cars. So Travis Pastrana, um, Travis Pastrana, Austin Hill is going to drive the uh, 62 car. 
for Beard Motorsports, uh, Jimmy Johnson, as we mentioned, the 84 for for the, uh, I can't think of the name of the team now. What's, what's the team called again? Not Eddie Genius. Oh, it's Legacy. Like Legacy, Le- Legacy Motorsports, which honestly, there we go. Yeah, that's a slap See, in the Pet. face because that's a slap in the yeah. face because Petty Petty hasn't been competitive in an ownership role in I don't know ever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zane Zane Smith is going to run for front row as I mentioned earlier, um, and then College Racing is going to field a car for. Um, I think they're going to field another car. I, I can't. Remember yeah, they're they're working it. on that deal as we're recording. They're working yeah. on a third deal 13, right now. Thirteen car. So, yeah. um, and then if, if there's an additional, there's some potential of you know where's uh, the the money team in quotation marks Floyd Merriweather's team. Um, hey man, if he don't come out. He doesn't have a great too. intro. Yeah, it's Carl Long's team bring a car. So there there's a possibility. You know, we right now we're at forty. We could we could be upwards of 42, 43 cars. So there could be you know three or four cars that are gonna go home from the uh, from the Daytona five hundred this year, which will be which will be good. Make the duels actually matter. Yeah, I call them the Gatorades because it's just showing my age on that one. Uh, <laughs> but the topic that I think me me and you wanted to really get into, and I, I saw it a lot on social media over the weekend. Of course, I I had some time off from the secondary job. AKA the, uh, the the slave grind of second jobs uh, was the Chili Bowl this past week in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm gonna you know lead in with this before I let you have the floor, Chris. It's entertainment to a certain degree for only as long as my painful eyes will withstand. After going to the track with many, many things, going to many big races, Daytona 500, Indianapolis 500, the day is long. The day is wide. But good God almighty, can this race get cut down any shorter? With that, I'll leave and I'll have you have the floor. The great one. Let me have my Mark Levin moment here. So, <laughs> yep, go the, ahead. So the so the Chili Bowl itself um, has become a has become really the kickoff to the racing season. Um, it brings guys from obviously the dirt world, but also stock car racing, and you heck even drag racing. We've seen drag racers compete in it. So, um, unfortunately, we're at we're at kind of a crossroads in the uh, in the in the era of the Chili Bowl. You know, the event the event itself. Um, you know, Bray obviously is is huge. I mean, it's a week long event. They start running on Sunday and they run six days and run and, and have upwards of 300 cars. The problem now we're seeing with the Chili Bowl and with the organizers, and I believe this is truly uh, a, a bit of, I will say, you know, the best word to, best word to describe it is stubbornness that we're seeing from the organizers. They're at a point now where not. Not not only did you are you losing um, are you are you losing casual fans? I think folks who are casual dirt fans who will watch because of names are not going to watch because your event is so poorly run. But not only that, now you're losing big names. So if you look at the 2023 Chili Bowl, uh, names like Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, um, dirt racers like Brad Sweet, uh, Casey Kane, uh, were not at the Chili Bowl. Now the Chili Bowl organizers boasted and, and even took some 
some pot shots at Larson saying, well, you know, we don't really need Kyle here because, you know, we've got a record number of cars. Yes, in hindsight, you do have a record number of cars, but when you don't have big names like Kyle Larson, a NASCAR Cup Series champion, a Chili Bowl Nationals winner, a Knoxville Nationals winner, and those guys are not showing up to compete, you're taking away those casual eyeballs. So, you know, the Chili Bowl might say to themselves, oh, well, we have 25, 30,000 people here uh, taking in the event. Well, there's hundreds of thousands of people online that are paying to buy these paying through, through flow racing to watch this event on TV. Um, and they're having to stay up till the wee hours in the morning to see an event. So the Chili Bowl needs to, needs to figure out a happy medium. I know there's been people on social media who said, well, why don't you run some of the prelims that you'd run on Saturday morning and run those on Friday night and run your, run your poll draw on Friday night and then strictly leave it to the last few heat races and then the main event. Ultimately, the Chili Bowl itself needs to become a true television event because it will it will not survive outside of its small little eco chamber that I believe the organizers live in thinking that everything is fine and dandy. But when it comes down to it, if you do not grow your fan base, it, that event will cease to, in the long run will cease to exist. I'm done. And I'll I'll, I'll go in with this and. and... Chris, the, the, the length of this, okay, I think we can talk about this. The amount of time out of track, okay? And I, I had the, the flirtations with going to the Chili Bowl for well, a couple last couple of years. But for the last few years, the length in which that this race is on Saturday alone will turn every fan off. Because think about this. What time do you get there? What time do you leave the house? What time do you, you know, what, what time do you plan on trying to get back home? Do you try to book hotel accommodations? Do you try to go try to make the drive? Do you try to do this, try to do that? And for the event to to go to or to literally, I think they took the green flag. I was it 110 a.m. Eastern time. Is that what I have corrected? That'd be, that, uh, that'd be correct. 12, 1250 a.m. was uh, was green flag. Yeah, Sunday morning. Okay. Sunday morning. So, and obviously it's one of the longest, it is the feature. It is the A main and it goes on for at least an hour, give or take a little over. Uh, to me, that's just too damn long. I mean, I've been to races with you <laughs> that we, we, it's a bright eyed and bushy tailed event, but guess what? You kind of know what you got yourself into. <laughs> it's a long day. Indianapolis 500 for me was I would say a long day as well. It's, it, you know, you try to get there early because of traffic primarily. And and it's just, to me, the Chili Bowl, and I let you have that five minutes, in my opinion, there has to be a rational explanation for why track prep sucks so damn much that it takes 30, 45 minutes in between mains on a Saturday night when the track has gotten beat the shit. Beating the shit all week long. You think the track will be damn near halfway there, but no, they redo it every damn race. It's like it's like watching. I don't know if it's worse than watching paint dry, Chris. I, I don't know. It is it's the hardest part about it's part. It's probably the hardest part about watching dirt racing, honestly. And and as a fan that kind of dwell as a casual dirt track racing fan, it blows me away how I can watch track dryers at a NASCAR race dry a track 
almost faster than a track prep for dirt racing. It is scary. But man, I I hope they do something because it's a great race. It's a uh, that and the tour mods and everything else they do on floor racing. It's a great opportunity for race fans to watch a lot of local racing as well. So I hope they kind of get their shit together. <laughs> but oh. Thank God I actually got some sleep and missed that one. Because I actually, halfway through it, I was like, I ain't staying up and watching this. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, guys, <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> uh, I mean, it was one of those bad situations, man. It was bad. Um, with that being said, man, uh, it's always great to talk to you. Uh, we had no, we had a shit ton of issues to talk through. Uh, but I will, uh, I'll leave it at this, man. It's going to be a great beginning of the season. Uh, I expect... No one to tune into the clash of the Coliseum uh, with Wiz Khalifa. Uh, Rolex not... 24 next week. Oh, yeah, I know. That's actually, and I'll talk about NASCAR primarily, but yes, the Rolex 24 is uh, next week, which is always a live, a fun event. Which hold... Here's the best part about it, Chris. You know you're watching a 24-hour race, right? You know, you, from the startup, the green flag, a 24-hour race. The Chili Bowl was almost half the length of time as the 24-hour Rolex race. Figure that out. From start to scratch, the day it started. But, you know, the twenty, the Rolex 24 is actually one of the crown jewels that even I want to go to eventually in my lifetime. Uh, I've been to, obviously, the Indianapolis 500, Daytona 500. Have not been to Bristol, but the Rolex 24 is always something that Obviously, if you're there all 24 hours, you're taking a nap somewhere in there. But that's definitely a fun, fun, fun race to go. Um, and then we had the Daytona Five, the Clash, which I, I don't really enjoy. Uh, to my opinion, uh, they should just make that the second race of the season. Take away Fontana, or uh, you know, just sorry, but Fontana is not fun to watch anymore. Just not. It has been fun in years. Hell, if we're gonna bring, if we're gonna go there, why don't you just bring back Rockingham? Just you know? just repay Rockingham. That's all they had to do. Uh, but you know, they did bring back Wilkesboro, so there is hope that oh shitty Rockingham will come back. I mean, Goodyear will love that a long time. But that being said, Chris, thank you for always joining me for another episode. I know we talked about. A, Tons of issues. Hopefully next week we kind of talk about something, you know, a little bit different than NASCAR. But, you know, it's always a fun topic of conversation. But I appreciate the opportunity as always, my man. Absolutely, man. Let's do it again next week. Oh, yeah, buddy. All right. Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Facebook.